but it's for the whole region. So Legacy Church, Sozo Church, Hill Country Church, we're all gathering for the men's advance. Advance, right? Not retreat, advance. Um, But uh, we have forms out in the foyer. There will be somebody there. Um, You can register today. Today, isn't that awesome? Uh, So go ahead and you're going to have to pay on the uh, Legacy New Braunfels site. You can't pay here, but we'll help you with that. Yeah. So who knows what this Tuesday is? Taco Tuesday. (gasps) What? Super Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, so it is a day we get out to go and vote and do our constitutional rights. Woo! It's an opportunity to make a difference and to work in our community. And all the polls will open at 7 a.m. and they close at 7 p.m. So don't miss that window. And probably the earlier the better, right? Skip all those lines. True. All right, well, let's welcome Tim, Tim. up. Right. Woo! Papa Tim. Hey, awesome. Come on. Very cool. Come the ladies. I'm going to go up those real quick. Ready? All right. Thank you. Hey, can I just say this? I read this amazing stat that 25 million Christians did not vote in the last presidential election, and 65 million did not vote on the in-between, the the midterm last time. Listen, as Christians, we, we can't pray for our nation and then not vote and then complain the whole time that we're not believing that the government's not doing what we want. And the truth is revival is going to happen without the government or with the government, but we want it to be with the government, right? I, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Lisa's talking to me. The dinner party for six. I don't know. I'm not in charge of the announcements, so... I'm sure that it's going to be on there, though. Um, all right, we're going to do a couple things here. Matt's going to come up and give a testimony. Um, last night, for those that weren't here, it was an amazing night, and uh, they spoke a lot about healing, but through the whole week, I had a rough week, too, uh, with my right ankle. It was giving me a lot, lots and lots of issues during my week, and I was like, you know, I was walking yesterday. We went for a walk yesterday. And uh, I'm like, man, it's getting worse. But I'm like, this, this has to go. It has to go. So I came, I came last night. I walked in through those doors, and I came to, my, came to a seat. And uh, as I was there, I literally, I really felt a shift in my thinking and in my healing. I'm like, God's going to heal me. And right then and there, it was just like it, I got healed. Like, I have, I can jump. <laughs> I can jump. And yesterday, I couldn't even walk. So I'm telling you, today is your day of a shift in your thinking and in your healing. If you need that healing, just believe and just go after it. God will do it. And he is good. Come on, man. You can hand that to Timothy. Yes. Hey, if you're wondering why we're always going to give testimony, because the truth is, I believe... We're just at a small percentage of what God is wanting to do among us. And the way that he increases, one of the ways he does that is through testimony. So it actually stirs us to faith to believe that, oh, wait, if God did it for, for Matt, he can do it for me. And then, and, then, and then that begins to expand. And so we're never going to give up. So I just want to encourage you, if you have testimony, please come share them with us. It doesn't mean that every week we're going to do them. But it does mean that we are going to make opportunity and have even have times of services where we give 15 and 20 minutes of pre-planned testimony to just encourage your hearts. And so 
Hey, I'm gonna, we're going to do a couple family things here, all right? Keith's going to come up in just a minute. Wait, I'm going to do this first. And then, um, but uh, I heard this week that Shanae was wanting a Bible. And this is not to embarrass you. This is actually the Lord told me to do this because daddies give gifts. And I've never bought my first Bible. My grandparents gave it to me. My second Bible, my parents gave to me. Funny story, first time I thought the first one was a video game <laughs> under the tree because it was kind of the shape of an NES game. And when I opened the box, I was like, cool, a Bible. And, and, and my mom said, what's, what's in your hand right now will, will be more honored than anything else they could have given you. And I, held, I remember at my grandfather's funeral, I read that Bible. And I said, he gave me this Bible, and I didn't have any value for it, but I didn't realize he was handing me one of the most valuable things of life. And so I'm going to hand you this, and I'm going to read you something that a friend of mine, Chris Rhodes, wrote to Timothy, actually, when he gave him his first Bible. It says, I'm giving you this new Bible. I'm excited to give it to you, but I wanted to give it with some instructions. And then there's a bunch of references, and I can give this to you. I have a copy of it. It says, let this new Bible be your sword. Ephesians 6.19, Hebrews 4.12. Fight every battle with his word. It's more powerful than any weapon in the world. Let this new Bible be your lamp. Psalms 119.105. It will light your way, no matter how dark it seems around you. Let this new Bible equip you. 2 Timothy 3.16, his word will prepare you for everything God has called you to do. Let this new Bible be hidden in your heart. It will keep you from sin. Psalms 119.11, let this new Bible revive you. It will give you fresh life and renewed passion for God and his kingdom. Psalms 19.7, learn to meditate and think about on it. Psalms 1.2, Joshua 1.8, for it will change you. Let it dwell in you richly, Colossians 3.16, for it will show you that you treasures that others can only dream of. Most importantly, Shanae, find the author of this Bible. He's hidden amazing things about himself in these pages. Not many take the time to search him out, but I know you will, because we can see God's hand on you. So we bless you in Jesus' name. That's for you. All right, Keith, you ready? Uh, Timothy, you have a mic for Keith. I don't know. Did... Yeah, it's on. Hello. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> I, uh this uh, morning and I guess the last few days, uh, God always gives me something to say to people when I hug them and everything. And, and uh, all the young ladies and all the females, period, in, in this room, uh, I've hugged a few of you already and released this word uh, to you. But you're powerful. You're powerful. And you don't hear it enough from the Father's heart. So I would really like for every female no matter your age, to stand up. Mm. 
And I want you to repeat after me. Mm. I am powerful. And do it with a clear, strong voice. Ready? Ready. Woo! Yes. The Father's heart is for you. And he is saying, you are powerful. A lot of y'all have callings. And you don't even know. Some of you don't know what they are and everything. But he says, I'm empowering you to do what I've called you to do, and I'm going to start revealing it. Do not be afraid. Step forward and just go for it. Amen. Amen. Woo! All right. So good. All right. No, I don't think so. I mean, just enjoying his presence today. Remember, that's what church is all about, coming to meet with him. I can disciple any of you in anything. It's enjoy his presence. It will change you. I know a lot of people, they don't enjoy church because they've forgotten the point that it's about being in his presence. So, Father, we just thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your word. Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts. I just want to say, Lord, I mean it when I say that, that I love you with all of my heart. Just grow it in me, God. Grow it in me more and more and more. We just say as a community, grow it in us, God. That people would see you when they see us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to do something a little bit different today, and and it's going to seem maybe a little more scattered because this is not really my model where I'm going today a little bit. And um, But I felt like the Lord, I mean, just when I'm studying and when I'm with the Lord, I generally have a pretty good idea where we're going for i got to tie this. Sorry, I'm going to freak out if I don't tie that. <laughs> Felt like I was stepping on a bug. And um, and I usually have a really good, I mean, like, I know what I'm preaching on next week and I have an idea for the next week. That's generally just how the Lord kind of works things in me. But it's been a crazy couple of weeks at our house. Crazy. And I just felt like the Lord told me, he just said, first of all, I want you to preach on this because they need to know that crazy is part of the journey. <laughs> and if we don't talk about crazy, then we don't. And then when it starts happening to you, you think I'm, this is abnormal or I'm broken. And I just want to tell you that crazy can be part of the journey. And so just a few things. It really kind of started just weird. Like we have one of our appliances just start sporadically working and not working. How I many know if it's broken, it's broken. But when it sporadically works and then doesn't work, something's going on, right? And then we had another one just start, our washer just start spewing water out the front. And I'm like, this is, I just got this. It shouldn't be doing this. And then, uh, you know, then Damaris, most of you know Damaris. It's our daughter who's in her first year at school in Florida. Um, and she plays like, it seems like 80 hours of sports a week. Like, it, it, like, I'm like, are we going to class? You know, like, we're going to class, right? 
we're paying for class, you know? And, and she's like, I'm making all A's. I'm like, okay, we must be going to class. But we also are playing five nights a week of intramurals on three teams. And, 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 you know her, it's all out. And she's got, like, the best team. So they're, like, deep in the playoffs. And, and it just total Damaris, completely. If you know her at all, it's like, you know, I've recruited two girls that played D1, and we're killing everybody by 60. And, and then she, usually she calls dad after the games. And Monday, two weeks ago, she didn't call. I was like, that's weird. I'm sure they didn't lose. Because if they lost, she had called me like, ugh. But, but then she didn't call. And so I, I texted her, and I didn't hear anything on Tuesday. She called and says, hey, yeah, we won. It was fine. And, and, and she said, but I didn't call last night because I didn't want to scare you. But my knee is hurt. And she said, I said, oh, okay, well, like, it's bruised or you fell. And she goes, no. Something happened, and I heard a pop, and it wasn't good. And, and I said, okay, well, typical Hill Country trainer. I said, put ice on it, and we'll see what happens, you know. And, uh, and by the way, I just want to say, we don't have health insurance because um, God has just blessed us with being healthy, like, our whole lives. And so we just, and if that freaks you out, just we can't afford it, and probably you can't either probably, but that's okay. And <laughs> And, and so we call, and we say, well, go to the health clinic, and, and it's a super long story, but I, and I'm going to finish telling it in a minute, but I'm just talking about trouble, right? Crazy. And then y'all know, like, two weeks ago, we're getting ready for the Saturday service, and Elizabeth said, man, I don't feel so good. She was meeting with Hannah and her mom about the wedding. Next thing you know, they're, like, carrying her into the house, and she's, like, not good, right? And then she's at a level 10 pain for the next three hours, and she's like, whoa, this isn't normal. And I'm like, I know it's not. And I mean, I have had my share of kidney stones. I know what one looks like. But I even started getting nervous. Like, this seems worse than even how I was. And she's way tougher than me. Like, way. Like, her pain level is, like, way up here. So she was like, take me to the hospital. I'm like, whoa, let's go to the hospital, you know. And so it's just been crazy. And then there's been, like, relationships that I just so value that the enemy is trying to work stuff in and just, and then just places in my heart where I just feel like the Lord is building new fire, but it seems like it's been slower than I want. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Like, I think all of you know, like, and then crazy enough, hey, no, doctors come with bills. Dang it. And they're expensive. I'm like, I thought we were paying cash. She's like, yeah, you're getting the 90% off. I'm like, whoa, you make a lot of money, bro. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it, it, and the crazy started happening. And I just want to share a little bit of my journey this week. Is that okay? Yeah. And, but I felt like the Lord really began to speak some stuff to me about, because I don't want to just live in the crazy and accept it. And that's really what I want to share today. Sometimes we get in the crazy and we get so caught up in like, oh, the devil's attacking me. You can call the crazy whatever you want. You know, and sometimes it's just your dishwasher being stupid. <laughs> but, but when it's all happening at once, you have to look at it and recognize, man, the plan of the enemy is to still kill and destroy. And, you know, like this is definitely not from God. And so we're going to just jump into the scriptures here. I'm going to just kind of weave my story in a little bit. And... Because I want you to understand that Jesus basically said, the crazies you will have. 
John 16, 33 says, it says, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. I'm glad he started with that, right? And then he says, in this world you will have trouble. And, and most of us end right there when we're in the crazies. They're like, hey, how's it going? It's crazy. Like, I mean, I have people come to the office sometime, and they're literally almost shaking their hands like, hey, how's it going? That's crazy. And I'm like, okay. I always start with this. Take heart. He has overcome. But it doesn't remove the crazy at that moment. It puts you in a different mindset of peace to then walk through the trouble. Walk through the crazy, right? And, and so I, the word right here for trouble, it really just means in, in all the ways you can define it, look at it, it means pressure. And all of us know about pressure, right? Like, here's my least favorite one. And, and this is a pastor one, okay? Someone calls and says, hey, can we meet? And I'm like, yeah, sure, what about, oh, we'll talk about it there. That generally means I don't like something you did or something you said, and I'm coming to tell you how to do it better. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to be a little bit mad about it, and then you're going to have to talk me down. And after a few times of that, you start feeling pressure. Like, listen, I, I told the Lord, it's like, I want to get over this. And he said, you will. You have to learn how to walk through it. But I don't want to be afraid of people's phone calls. Why? Because I love people. And I want people to come and talk to me. And I want to be with people. And I want to know what's going on in their lives. And all those things. And so I begin to realize pressure is stealing from me. And pressure will steal from you if you, if you allow it and embrace it as just this is my normal. Pressure is not the end result. Listen, I, I, I love this. I, I've been known to like a little bit of wine. And I know this, that, that gr- wine comes out of grapes, grapes that have been pressed. And out of that pressure, something glorious happens. And I just want to tell you that sometimes in the pressure, what squeezes the Lord saying, hey, I want to know what's going to come out. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, and, and this one's not a highlight reel, okay? When I was like, from 18 to 30, I did a ton of construction, right? Like, it was like really my full-time job was construction. And then I worked at the church full-time for free. That's our journey, okay? And, and, but it caused a lot of pressure. It caused a lot of pressure on my insides because I was like, I'm not called to do this. And I didn't realize I was totally called to do it because it was, it, was, it, was, it was providing for my family. And I was, I was learning how to lead people to the Lord. Everyone's house we walked in, man, I was like on them. Like, you know the Lord, and we're praying for healing. People getting healed. They're like, man, my tile guy's the most awesome person I know, you know? And, and it was a good season, but I hadn't learned how to deal with pressure. And if, how many of you have ever been involved in any kind of trade work, construction? How many of you deadlines and money make people angry? <laughs> and pressure was all around in that season. What I began to find that came out of me when pressure would happen was anger And anger. 
and sometimes some choice words that went along with that anger. And here was another crazy thing. In construction world, that was also the normal. I mean, like, I used to tell guys, could you please get a different adjective? It will make you sound so much smarter if you just don't use the F word for everything. But it was crazy when the pressure would come. The first thing that would want to come out is anger and frustration and sometimes a few choice words. And one day I was like, God, I don't like that. And he goes, I don't either. And he goes, he goes, but you're not learning how to deal with the pressure. You're just trying to tell yourself, don't be like that. I didn't realize that I had not learned how to walk through the trouble. So I always, I always responded the same way to the pressure. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And I've, I want to talk to you today about how do we respond different in the pressure and being established in the truth, the truth that we know, being established in this truth, Instead of this, and this is where it all started with me. I'm, I'm praying and I'm walking the dog and, and I'm, I've got this circle that I walk and, and honestly I'm getting pulled because if you've met our dog, she's an animal. Like she literally the whole walk is like this. And so like, I've had to learn how to pray and run and, and, and with my eyes open because the dog is going to run in front of things. And, so I have to, and, I'm, and I'm praying to the Lord and I'm like, God, I know your truth, and I was praying about healing for Elizabeth and for Damaris, and I was just speaking blessing on these two here, because I love them so much, and I was just, and the Lord said, I need you to lift your eyes up and look bigger. He goes, I need you to look up, and I need you to get into the truth in all of these things, and not just know the truth. I need you to get into the truth. Personally, on each one, I need you to get in to the truth. Why? Because, man, I, I know the scriptures. I know our promises. I know what God was saying. I know what, and all these things, but I felt like the Lord was just saying, hey, no, I'm shifting you right now in the big picture to get right into the truth even more. And I'm about to use the scripture that God works all things for good, right? And what he was saying is, I'm already working in you good because you're coming out deeper. You're coming out of this pressure with more in you. You're coming out with more resolve and I'm like, more resolve? I've got a lot of resolve. He's like, I'm going to make you where nothing will make you flinch. I'm like, I'm, I thought I was like that. He said, no. He said, that's what the problem is. You think you're like that, and I know where you're not. I need you to move into the truth. And so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about being established in the truth here, and then we're going to talk about some places that we get challenged and how do we respond to those, right? So turn with me to 1 Peter. No, sorry, it's 2 Peter. I thought so. So, oh, and by the way, I'm I'm preaching out of the original this morning. No cover, and I got about eight books falling out of here, so... But I felt like the Lord told me to preach out of it. So here we go. It says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. So I believe there's a key there. First of all, we have to be reminded of the truth that we're already in. But then there's another place of being established in it even more. 
So if you know that God is healer and the enemy comes and challenges that and you stand firm, you're actually then being established even more into the truth that he's healer. See, we have to recognize that the enemy is actually working against himself when he's attacking you. When he's putting pressure on you, he's actually working against the plan of the enemy. I mean, against the plan of God because God says, now I'm going to make you stronger from this. I'm going to teach you more. Oh, you're going to have a breakthrough that you're going to give away to a thousand people because of what's going on here. And we have to recognize that pressure is okay if we don't see it as a negative. Pressure is okay. Listen, and that is a that is a mature approach to pressure. Because generally when we get in pressure, we are not mature. Like, God, what are you doing? This is all your fault. You know, hopefully you're not saying that, but sometimes we do, right? Or like, you know, like we're just swinging aimlessly at the devil, and the devil's like, I'm over here, and you're like, ah. You know, like there's all these things going on, but there's a mature place to begin to recognize, wait a minute. God is working something in me, even by the enemy's plan. The enemy is doing it, and God's saying, I'm getting fruit out of it. And I'm going to establish you in the truth. I'm going I'm to so establish you. The word right there is so simple. It means to make you firm. It means to make you stable. Now, I don't know about y'all, but there's nothing worse than just getting pushed around. I was thinking about the word stable, and I, I, it always just comes back to a little bit of a street fight for me. And I'm like, man, there's nothing worse than just getting pushed around. And the Lord is saying, I want to actually make it where, where the pressure comes up and tries to rub against you. It actually backs off and says, whoa, that's stable. Listen, the enemy knows. There's moments where the enemy comes and says, no, not, no. They understand their authority. They understand their place. They're established right there. Doesn't mean he won't try sometimes. It's amazing how you think areas where you're walking in complete breakthrough, then all of a sudden the enemy will come. And that doesn't mean it's a lack of maturity or you have open doors. Listen, we have excused so many things. The devil hates you. We've tried to make up so many reasons why we've got things going. The devil doesn't like you. He proved that in the garden, and he's proved it all through the Bible and all through the time. He hates man because God loves man. He hates you because God loves you. And we have to recognize then, oh, wait, all this pressure, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. It's really interesting that in Matthew, when it talks about this pressure, it, it talks about it in such a way where it says that, it says, listen, he's talking about the sower of the seeds. And it says, listen, trouble came because of the word that was in them. Now, I got, I got good and bad news. The word of God is in you. The bad news to that is then the enemy wants to come and challenge that. Why? Because he's terrified if it takes root in you, he actually loses ground. He's terrified if it actually begins to get in and produce hundredfold fruit, the world could actually begin to have encounters with Jesus all over the place. And so what's he do? When it comes in, he tries to put trouble on it. I see some of you that have just, you know, just started walking with the Lord, and you're like, man, this is so awesome. And then they're like, whoa, what's going on? It's the Word of God in you. 
It's the word of salvation on the inside of you. Maybe you're in a new season like, God told me this. It was so good. And then all hell broke loose. Awesome. That means it's being established in you right now. And so we have to recognize that. So five areas. I, these are just random. I picked because these were my five areas. The first thing that's challenged that the enemy likes to put trouble, pressure on, is just our journey. How many know you're all on a journey? And, and I, I, I want to remind you that because sometimes I think we, we settle in places in the Lord when he's saying, hey, I've called you to journey with me. And, and oftentimes the enemy will come and challenge our journey. Here's a simple example of that. Luke 8, Jesus gets in the boat and he says what? We're going to the other side, right? I'm just going to quote this one for time. But in Luke 8, he says, we're going we're to go the other side. And what's Jesus do? He lays down and goes, nah, sleep. Why? Because he's already determined where the journey is going. And you would think the word of the Lord is, hey, we're going to the other side. This is going to be easy. We're skilled sailors. Jesus is in the boat. We're, or let me say it this way. We're mature Christians. And Jesus is on the inside of us. And he's saying something simple like, hey, go to the other side. And somewhere in the middle, I love this word, it says a squall rose up. But it means trouble. If you're a mariner and the word squall comes, it generally means you're about to die. Or it feels like it. And all of a sudden it feels like it, all this trouble. And they're rowing and they're bailing and they're complaining and they're mad at Jesus. Read the story. I think a few of them have some choice words. And Jesus stands up and he says, hush. Everything stops. And then, and then a little rebuke. He says, man, don't you have any faith? I told you we we're going the other side. But then it's interesting. Then they say, whoa, who is this? that even the winds and the waves obey. Let me show you how it worked for good in this story. The devil's like, man, I think, let's try to kill the disciples. Right? That's exactly what's going on. This was not a story for show and tell. The enemy was like, hey, God, they might change the world. Let's sink the boat. And and in that, they're thinking, what in the world is going on? But they come out with a revelation. Oh, this Jesus we're serving, he's more powerful than we know. So what the enemy meant for evil, all of a sudden the disciples come off the boat and they're like, man, Jesus calmed the storm. So he can't. it's not just that he heals bodies or he says, follow me. The winds and the waves obey him. They came out with greater, greater revelation. And I want to tell you, in your journey, in your circumstance, man, you may have storms going all over the place. And I want to tell you, Jesus is in the boat. You're a qualified mariner. Because you're his children. You're a Christian. You're a believer. You are qualified to get to the other side. You're qualified to get to where he said, 
Listen, some of you have destiny and purpose that Keith is talking about, and you feel like the minute you've put your eyes on it, the storm has risen up. And I just want to tell you, listen, Jesus has said it, it's going to happen. And there might be storms that come up, but how you approach it where you see, oh, wait, he's done it before, he'll do it again, right? right. And we begin to recognize that. Listen, I just want to tell you that if your journey is under pressure right now, it's good news. I'm going to read this scripture because oftentimes we quote it, and, and Romans 8.28, it, it's like highlighted, underlined, starred, parentheses, you know, that means it's a good one. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Listen, I'm reading it out loud for it to be life on the inside of you right now. That he is working all things for good in you right now. Now, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. God is not doing it. He's not releasing the storm. He's not creating pressure so you'll be a diamond. You'll be a diamond because that's who you are. Listen, we've approached some weird things about God. Like, oh yeah, he's doing this to work. No, no. He's working all things that the enemy would love to destroy you with for your good. He's, he's taking that hardship. He's taking that place where you can't pay that bill and say, I'm going to teach you how I'm a provider. So next time you can't pay the bill, you just stand before the Lord and you say, you've done it once. You'll do it again, right? That's how it works. But you've got to embrace that the pressure on your journey is actually going to accelerate you. If you don't embrace that truth, I just want to tell you, you'll be miserable. Help us, Lord, right? Because the truth is, I believe one of the highest values that the Lord has put in my heart is that we have to have joy in the journey. And if we're not having joy in the journey, something is stealing from you. And his name is the devil. And he's stealing from you. You're supposed to have joy in the journey. Even, I love Paul, eight times he says, man, there's all this persecution, but in great joy. How could he say that? Listen, it wasn't fluff. He wasn't just trying to be a spiritual cheerleader. He would say, no, I have such an encounter with the Lord. Every time persecution comes, I know good is going to come out of it. And so I'm already responding in joy even before I see the good. I want to tell you that God is wanting you to respond in joy even before you see the good. And I listen, I want to say this because sometimes I say things that sound heartless. I know that the journey and the pressure is real and painful. But the Father is journeying with you. And he wants to even take that pain and say, hey, let's turn it to good. He wants to take that hurt and say, here I am, right here with you. All right, I'm not doing good at all on time here. Number two, provision. It's interesting. Jesus knew money was a big deal to us. So I said, where your heart is, that's where your money's going to be, and where we know your heart is, it's supposed to be the Father, all those things, right? He knew it was a big deal. Why? Because the world requires it to live. 
I mean, you, you can be a spiritual one. Like, I just don't believe in monetary goods. Like, well, they're out there. You still got to buy gas, right? Every one of you still got to buy gas for your car? Like, I only know one person ever that the Holy Ghost filled their tank. One time. <laughs> one time. And that's because they didn't have any money and there was no Christians around to give them any. What am I saying? Provision sometimes. But the truth is, here's the truth that we have to be established. In Philippians, it says that God, according to his riches, will supply all of our needs, right? And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches. The context of that is actually finance. So if you're like, well, no, he means spiritually. No, it's it's finance is the context. Hey, you sent... You sent someone to give me what I needed, and so because of that, God's going to supply all your needs. He's making a declaration about who the Father is. But then it's interesting in our journey, a lot of times, and it's really interesting in Matthew 13, one of the things that chokes out the seed of the kingdom is the cares of this world or the, the pursuit of wealth, the love of wealth, the love of wealth. I misspoke there. It's not the pursuit. We're supposed to pursue wealth. But the love of wealth means you're out of order. And so money has this place in this. Now, I, I could sit here and tell you this amazing story, but basically, Damaris had three ortho appointments, an MRI, and the whole thing cost $400. Wow. What? Why? Because God just wanted to, he, I, I was like, God, you've got this. You, you always do it. And she called me and goes, you're not going to believe this. I said, tell us. She goes, oh, they didn't charge me today. And they said, they're not going to charge me next time. And the next time they just said, we're just going to charge you for the brace. Oh, here's some free crutches. And here's everything you need. And oh, by the way, I, I do the knee surgery for the saints if anything is going on. I'm, by the way, I'm the best around. And, and, and then they're like, oh, you're so cute. You're from Texas all alone. You know, like, hey, whatever God wants to use. <laughs> But, and she's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she'd probably give him a puppy dog. Whoa. I am, you know, she's, she's boots from Shrek, you know, like, looking out there like, give her free stuff. However God wants to do it, right? But we have to understand he's provider. He's provider. And then, you know, the story gets crazy with Elizabeth, but like, we ended up, she had surgery this week because, like, like they didn't know what was going on, so they just had to figure some stuff out. And, and, and they were really concerned that one of the kidneys was going to lose its function if we didn't get in there. How many know when they tar- start saying the word now in medicine, it just means cha-ching? <laughs> and so we get to the hospital, and they're like, hey, cool, we're glad you're here. You have to pay in full. I'm like, no, we're going to do the payment plan. And they said, well, that's fine, but then you don't get the 90% discount if you do the payment plan. I'm like, excuse me? So I went for a little walk in the parking lot while Elizabeth was discussing it with them. I'm like, God, God. And and I heard him say this, can you believe me for finance like you can for healing? Because it was clear we were doing the surgery. I mean, even if they got in there and like, oh, nothing's wrong, you know, like we were going to do it. And so we were going to pay for it either way. And he said, can you believe me for finance right now? What was he saying? Lift your chin up. I'm establishing you again in something deeper. I'm going to root it in you again. Why? Because he's always supplied our needs. 
Even when we had nothing, we had a ton. And then it'll take you to a foreign country to remind you, you have everything. <laughs> hey, and I just want to say this, even about the church finances, they, they've been a little bit tight. And so, you know, the Lord tells us, hey, you're going to go for the push on the building. Like, why don't we just go for that in the general funds, you know? And he's like, no, we're going to go for the building. Why? Because he doesn't like poverty. So he doesn't want us living in any kind of fear, anything. I just want to say this because Norma asked, and I said, don't worry, Norma, I'm going to tell us. In the, but I told her already because she's grandma and she gets rights, you know. But <laughs> last week's offering was $11,000. $11,000. $11,000 for the building fund. I mean, it was going to be for the Crohn's, but then they gave it to us. We need to have more guests like that. I'm going to take the biggest offering ever, and then they're like, we're going to give it back to you. What was God saying? I've got you. This is my place. I've always financed it, and you're taking on responsibility that's not yours. Let it go. Let it go. Number three, because I want to do all these. Relationships. How many of you ever had trouble in relationships? And I don't even mean the dating ones. I'm talking about like church ones or work ones or hardest ones yet, family ones. Jesus, right? Bless us. He said, I want to call you family. And you're like, you sure? Can you call me best friend instead? He's like, no. I'm calling you family. Why? He values relationships so much. And let me just remind you with a scripture, because I don't want you to think I'm making it up. Romans 12, 10. Romans is one of the ones falling out here, so I've got to be careful. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Like, ooh. The, that's a truth that we all know. But are we established in it? Are we allowing them? Listen, we're the most offendable generation Ever. Why? Because we know too much about each other, first of all. Everybody, you know, and then like, I mean, I know most of your political stance in here just right now from Facebook. (laughs) What am I saying by that? Some of you have a loud trumpet, some of you have a kazoo, and and then some of you just are saying, I don't believe that. But we all know, so what's it create? Tension. Trouble. Listen, the truth is, our, our, our unity factor is Jesus. But it trumps everything. I'm going to say that a different way. It's greater than everything. We got to change that guy's name, man. You use the word Trump and be like, her supporter. I'm like, man, I didn't say that. What am I saying in this? Listen. The pursuit, it also says in the scripture, make every effort to be at unity with each other. There's an there's a effort that establishes you in this truth. Listen, it's easy to be different than people. That takes no work. The scripture actually even says this, it's easy to love those who love you. That's not even godly. 
That's why the world is really good at the bar. The people that love them, they're, they're, they all love each other until they don't. And then they don't look like Christians. I was talking to someone the other, yesterday about uh, a certain community who's really good at community until they're not. And then they're the most vicious, backbiting, angry group of people you'll ever meet. Why? Because it's easy to love those who love. What about when it's hard? And the church has not done well at this. Can I just say, we as a church, we strive to do better at it. We are multi-generational. We love each other. We're all running together, right? But sometimes it's easier just to say, well, they're not like me. And it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone, because sometimes we say this like, oh, I just gotta be. it just means you've got to love everyone. And you've got to relate to everyone. You've got to find the Jesus and the commonality in everyone. And then all of a sudden you'll start finding out, I really like that person. Why? Because we got the same daddy. And all of a sudden, man, I, we both have the same blue eyes because we got the same dad. You're talking to someone here who was raised with two ad- adopted brothers and sisters, so we don't look nothing alike. They're Scandinavian, and then there's this. Right? And they look exactly alike. So the whole time, everybody's like, oh, you're so sweet. You're the adopted one. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and, and one day, I was like, God, I'm nothing like my siblings. This is as an adult. I was like, we don't process the same. We're three firstborns, by the way. My parents raised three firstborns in their house. Jesus, help us. So we all think we're right. We're all in charge. And none of us have ever been wrong. Except we're all afraid of my sister. So she even trumps us all, and she's greater than all of us in that area. But what am I saying? The Lord spoke to me one day, and he goes, if you only see difference, you'll never walk in true love. If you only see difference. The first thing I knew is, man, they love Jesus. And then I saw my brother's handwriting. I looked at it, and I was like, your handwriting looks just like mine. And he says, yeah, you write your name. I wrote my name. He wrote his name. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we have the same handwriting. How does it, because environment also creates, it's not just genes that make you similar. It's your environment. So this environment in here of worshiping the Lord and and worshiping together and being together, all of a sudden, it will start to show you're, you're the same. Listen, relationship is important, and there's all kinds of trouble in it if we, if we see it that way, or we can see God working in us. Number four, health. This has been our journey this week. Liz was not here this morning because the doctor told her she couldn't be. She's resting. But she's doing awesome. And she would have led worship this morning if I had just told her, mm, we're going to obey. But she could have. Why? Because health is our portion. And, I mean, that that girl crazy. She had a kidney stone on Saturday, and she led the next Sunday. I don't know if y'all noticed that. And then last week, she's like, I'm feeling a little funny. And then she gets up there, two services, just kills it. And then, like, gets home, like, oh, I need to nap. You know, like, that's, health has been a battle these last two weeks. And then even Damaris, and and where I'm going to share, though, is about Damaris. And and this is why, because the Lord showed me something that I was battling with Elizabeth. I've had great faith, like even greater than I've ever, but with Damaris, I found myself not having faith. 
Why? Because about 10 years ago, we were in a doctor's office, and he turns and looks at me and goes, hey, there's a good chance by the time she's 20, she will have blown both of her ACLs. I don't know why they said that. Why? Because girls are more prone to it, and they, they, have, a, they have a formula by the amount of hours of sports they play and, and the muscles in their legs and their body type and all those things. And he said, I just feel like she'll probably blow some ACLs. You just need to get ready. If you don't know what ACL is, it's the main ligament in your knee. It's a nine-month minimum recovery. And, and when Damaris called, all I could think in my mind was ACL. ACL. I, even though I was like, no, I just reject that. Why? Because I know the truth. But I want to tell you there's a difference from being around the truth to being in the truth. Yes. And it's not enough to be around the truth. Listen, Jesus said, hey, the Spirit of God is going to be around you, then it's going to be upon you, then it's going to be in you. And truth is the same way. You can get around truth, and then it's going to get on you where you're like wearing it like a belt, but eventually it gets in you. It gets on the inside of you. And, and I felt like the Lord was just, I had to confront fear with this with the marriage. I had to confront it, not with her. She, she was fine. It was dad who was struggling. And you know what I could hear when I closed my eyes? That doctor. He'd say, hey, you know, she's probably just going to tear an ACL, just get used to it. And he said, you better get insurance. And so he told me, it's like, what a please. But I... I found myself just saying, God, I believe you, but I'm clearly have an issue that you're trying to strengthen me in. You're working this in me. And so I just begin to, every day I just begin to say, I don't receive the report of, of the enemy. And I have no fear. So I began to say out loud. I was on that. I said, I don't receive the report of the enemy. And even if it is the ACL, God, I will not respond in any kind of fear. Because I wasn't going to manipulate him like, you heal or me and I'll have good faith. You know, it wasn't that. It was like, no, I believe. And I'm not going to respond in fear. And I just begin to confront fear every day. I confront fear. And I begin to call her. And I had to confess to her, hey, I've had some fear in this. I know you can humble yourself. I've had some fear in this. I don't want to have any fear. I'm believing God's going to do something. Listen, she got to the MRI. Then a crazy Thursday MRI. They said, well, I have the doctor's appointment on Monday. I'm like, can we just read the MRI? Four days, more trouble, right? Just fear, just, and I'm just, but I started getting on top of it. I could feel myself. By the day Monday came, I was expecting a good report. Here's what the doctor told her. He said, we don't really understand because your kneecap came all the way in and all the way back out, all the way out and back in. And usually that's what they call a shred. Two or three of the ligaments usually just go when all that happens because they were like, literally, your knee probably popped out and back in. But we can't find anything. So what's going on with your knee is it's just sore because knees aren't supposed to bend that direction. And, and, and it's all good. Get off the crutches. Start walking. Why? Because God is our healer. By his stripes, we're healed, Right? Listen, he didn't just die for our sins on the cross. He died for our sickness. We've got to believe all those things, right? Listen, if, if you don't believe those things, and you're like, I'll, I'll die before I believe those things, we're not your place. Sorry. We just would rather you welcome into the truth of the scriptures that say, listen, it's our portion. 
And, and whether there's mystery, oh, heck yeah, I've got questions why people aren't getting healed when I pray for them. But I got more testimonies that are happening. Why? Because God is healer and he's good and he's, we all are on this journey. And, and man, I love it when people take hold. I'm so proud of Johnny and Mackenzie. They're like, Liam is healed and on the journey of being healed. Why? Because they are embracing a greater truth, right? It's a greater truth. You're establishing yourself in like, man, it's not enough to be around the truth. I got to get in it. Why? Because I'm not going to let trouble come beat me up every day. Last one. Delay. Hmm. All the others, you know, like circumstance and our journey and provision, relationship, health. But then there's this one delay. Why? Because most of us are microwave Christians. I mean, I remember when microwave popcorn came out. There's probably people in here right now that don't even know how you made popcorn before the microwave. (laughs) But I love it when you get the pot out and you put the one kernel in and when it pops, the pan's hot enough, you put a little oil in there, you start making and it's like, it's better than movie popcorn, right? It's so good. And by the way, it's cheap and fat free. (laughs) Back to health. But if... But the truth is, it's a whole lot easier to come unwrap a little bag, put it in there on the right side, and press the popcorn button. It's a lot easier. And many of us are like that when it comes to the promises of God. God comes and he gives us all these promises. Listen, I have a book full of promises. All of you do too. It's right here. I have one too that's then got handmade ones that he's told me, that he's prophesied over me. World-known prophets have prophesied over me, and I'm like, come on, God. And he's like, are you established in it? Or you just got it floating around you as truth in the air? No, I need it to get in you. I need that word to get in you. I need to let it be established. Listen, delay, and I've said this so many times from this pulpit, delay is not denial. And if I, if I really read the scriptures, oftentimes delay is so we don't ruin what he gives us. He says, I want to give you these things, but I want to make sure you're ready. Because he so values you and the things he wants to give you that he doesn't want them to just run out onto the floor when he pours them into you. He said, I'm building something so great in you let me just read this, and we're going to end with this. I know Abraham waited 25 years. Now, granted, they lived a little longer, so maybe that didn't seem quite as long to him. But to me, 25 years sounds like a long time. Especially when the promises were so grand and really easy, naturally attainable in the natural. You're going to have a kid. So what's God do? Moves them right out of the season where they can't have children and reminds them, you're going to have a kid. Wait, we're past that season. That, yep, the promises, there's no denial here. Delay, but not denial. And this is what it says in Romans 4. This is about Abraham and how he dealt with the promises. This is in the message. 
I really like it. It says, he did not tiptoe around God's promises, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. What am I saying? That the trouble that some of us, listen, the enemy loves to come and say it's never going to happen. You got all these promises. We're full of promises. And what's the enemy do? Why he challenges them. Sometimes even you make decisions that don't match the promise and then he jumps on that like crazy. See, you're not even fit for the promise. Listen, your worthiness wasn't in how good you're doing. But I know this, that in 1 Thessalonians, it says this. I'm going to read 23, so if you could put 523 up there. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what's the promise? Sanctification, right? The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So some of you are like, man, I don't understand why this one thing in me. Listen, you've got to believe. You've got to let the truth get on the established on the inside of you that I'm being made like Jesus. I'm going to say it again. I'm being made like Jesus. And it's being established in me. And God is working it. He's faithful to complete the work that he started on the inside of me. He's faithful to complete the word. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful to do it. So the delay, the pressure from delay. Some of you may be like, I've just got things in my life. I'm like waiting for a breakthrough in my job. Or I'm ready to get done with school. All those things that feel like, you're like ah, I'm going to die. Listen, I just want to tell you, God is faithful to bring you through that season. But you've got to be established in the truth in it. So let's stand up. Hey, can you all do me a favor? I'm already in trouble because I mentioned Elizabeth this morning. Don't flood her phone or with text today she's good she i promise you she's really good and and god's just been loving on her and letting her rest it's the most rest i've ever seen her have probably and so i just want to say that not to be afraid she's awesome she's doing great damaris's knee is great our dishwasher's fixed our washer's fixed our car even got fixed listen all the things that we're trying to act up why just had to get our eyes above the trouble, above the crazy. So here's what I'm going to ask. This is the strangest altar call I've ever done. How many of you have just been in the crazy recently? You've been in a double-hander there. Well, <laughs> I've been in the crazy. Listen, I believe the Lord spoke to me this morning to speak peace over you so that you can be established in truth. But I'm going to do this. If that was you, if you raise your hand, one of the things I feel like the Lord has been asking of me is to have people come forward more as a, as a sign of faith. So if that was you and you believe that the crazy is stopping today, I want you just to come forward. You've been in a season of crazy and you're like, man, I've got to get out of this crazy. Thank you, 
See, I'm not the only one in the crazy. <laughs> What's happening? Pressure for new wine. Pressure for new wine. Listen, we pray about new wine and then we don't we generally don't want the work to make it. New wineskins, too, are happening so you can hold that new wine. You guys just raise your hands. I believe this. The Lord is literally telling me this morning, and I don't like to say things like this very often, but I have the authority that he has given me the authority because I've been walking through it and now above it and doing my best to be above it, nor has it been perfect. Can I say that? Everybody hearing me? I have not been perfect these two weeks. But I'm, but I'm telling you, it hasn't been the woodshed. It's been an awesome journey with the Father. Come on. I'm ready for that new wine. And so, I just, right now, just with the authority the Lord is just releasing in the house right now, I just speak peace over you. Peace. Why? I'm not saying even the trouble is going to stop. Jesus said peace to the storm. And then the greater revelation is going to happen. Whoa. Jesus just brought peace. So I speak peace. I feel like some of you have just had a, a something replaying in your mind over and over. If that's you, just wave your hand. Right there? Right here? Okay. Listen, to that, I just say stop. To, not to you, to the enemy that's just trying to replay. It's like torment. It's over and over and over and over and over. I just say now, no more. No more to that to the repeating of lies. No more to the... Even the, the addition that's trying to add on to, I just say no more. No more. Now we just, we just declare the establishment of truth. The establishment of truth in you right now. Truth being established in your hearts and your lives. Right now, I just say to the area that's in tr- that's had pressure and trouble, I say now it's going to be a place of springs and val- uh, springs and rivers. So here's how we're going to end. Timothy, can you just grab a? Yeah, but I, Yosef is actually going to do something for me. You ready? All right, now you're going to come up here. If everyone can uh, look towards heaven. Because this is where the blessing is coming. Yes. And close your eyes. May the Lord yes. bless you and keep you May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and grant you peace. Amen. Amen.
I mean, hey, if a little Hebrew freaked you out, I didn't mean that. Just, I just, I, I felt like the Lord was saying that, that he was literally going to bestow his blessing on you. He's bestowing his blessing. I heard him say, I'm bestowing my blessing. I, I'm going to say this out loud on the finances of the church. I'm bestowing my blessing on everyone in this community of believers. And I, and I just feel like the Lord just wants you to know, like, it's a, it's a, it's a new season. It's a new season, so we just bless you now. I'm going to have the teams up front that come up. If you need prayer for anything, if you just feel like, man, I, I believe God's doing something awesome in me, but I want someone just to agree with me and pray. The team's anointed prayers are going to be up here ready to release the, the call and the fire of God on you. So we just we bless you. We already did that, so I just dismiss you now. And it's a little late, but I just want to tell you that Luby's closed, so it's all good. So, 